This is a Federal News Network podcast. In the search to understand the coronavirus and its implications, the government is marshalling much of its supercomputer capacity. That includes NASA and its high-performance computing complex. With how NASA is bending that capacity to bear on the crisis, we turn to the Division Chief of NASA Advanced Supercomputing, Dr. Piyush Marotra. Dr. Marotra, good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Tell us what NASA is doing and how you can convert it suddenly and quickly to the coronavirus. Give us a sense of what it was doing before that. We have several supercomputers at the center that we have at the NASA Ames Research Center here in Silicon Valley. And they pretty much uh, utilize at a heavy rate at about 85, 90% at all times. But uh, when this was all set up, it, there was a reserve for national priorities outside of the agency's missions. And so what we have done is we have uh, proposed that we use that reservation for helping any COVID related research that may be proposed by folks in, in the country. And how so, would that work technically? Suppose someone has a problem and they've written, say, an algorithm, what do they do with it? Generally, most of the folks that are working in this area have actually run the code somewhere else or have written parallel code. And so then we have expertise here to help them port that code onto our machines. So anything specialized that is needed for running on our machines, we have in-house expertise to help them port the code, optimize the code, and then run the codes after that. So we, as part of the allocation that we give them, we give them that kind of labor support. Is it accurate to so, say that in recent years with computers, supercomputers being built out of standard parts, just lots of them with special interconnects, that it's easier to port programs from one to the other than it might have been, say, in the 70s and 80s? That is true. Some of the supercomputers do have some specialized hardware, like, for example, the NVIDIA GPUs, which are also being used for scientific computation. And in that case, the codes have to be ported to those specialized processors. But in general, like you're saying, because we're using standard off-the-shelf processors, the code, to a large extent, are portable from one place to another. Now, relative to the code that you're running, the algorithms that you're running, is the data, and that's a much bigger problem, I'm assuming. And how do people get the data in there that they're going to run their algorithms against? It depends on the particular problem and on the particular code that they're reading. Some some of them, uh, the data uh, inputs needs are fairly small, or their databases, for example, the molecular structure of the proteins or the molecular structure of the drugs, but they're not that humongous at this point. And so, yes, they'll have to be transported in, into our system, transferred there so that they can use it. But I don't see that as a very big problem as such. So relative to a black hole, the data sets are pretty small. Relative to a black hole or relative to some of the observational data that uh, Earth Sciences at NASA produces, which is in petabytes, and most of the databases is in more terabytes rather than where a petabyte is a thousand terabytes. So instead of being multi petabytes, it's only in you know less than hundred terabytes. And handling that kind of data these things these days is pretty easy. Got it. We're speaking with Dr. Piyush Merotra. He's division chief of NASA's Advanced Supercomputing. And just for people that like speeds and feeds, give us a sense of how much capacity NASA does have out there. So. Uh, we have three systems here with a total of about 15 petaflops, 
a petaflop is one quadrillion floating point operations per second. The latest one that we have just have got on board is about 3.7. To give you a sense of what a petaflop is, if, uh, for example, the population of the US, U.S., about 350 million people, did one floating point operation per second, it would take a year to do what a one petaflop system can do in a second. So that you get the kind of uh, uh, power that you have that in one second you could do, uh, a, a machine could do, it'll take about a year for 350 million people working together to do So it sounds like the issues that are needed for this research in coronavirus might not be possible to get done in any reasonable time were it not for supercomputing. I think that is that is absolutely true, that um, uh, these days uh, the machines are really helping. You know, a lot of the drug re- uh, research and the uh, uh, vaccine research has been experimental. But what is happening now is that with the kind of supercomputers that are available, you can do the modeling of the drugs or the virus, the proteins in the virus, how they fold, how do they bind to each other. You can do quantum mechanical simulations. And because you have uh, such large machines, uh, you can do it at a much faster rate. So uh, there's a chance that in the next few weeks that some of these simulations can actually produce some uh, results which then, so that the uh, folks in the wet lab can look at that as an initial starting point and then do experiments on that, reducing the amount of space that the wet labs people have to go through to figure out particular drug works or not. The supercomputers are there to help, and we are there to have people who want to use it to fight the pandemic. Do you have a sense of who is going to be using your capacity? So this process as such has started very recently since, you know, we started getting proposed. There's a review committee that has been set up at the national level. We started getting proposals uh, just Monday. So we've received a few uh, proposals. And basically the committee is looking at the merits of the proposals and then matching them to the multiple providers that have uh, volunteered their resources. Uh, We are one of them. There are the um, volunteers. And so they're doing a matching process. Uh, At this point, we haven't matched any of the proposals that are coming through, but we're hoping that some university professors, some professors from other labs, and and even private citizens are proposing to this uh, process. I was going to say this also includes commercial interests that might have good research programs would also get this capacity along with academics? Yes. So... Uh, On both sides, in fact, the resource providers, you have federal agencies like DOE and NSF and NASA providing, the academic institutions like MIT and RPI, uh, and then uh, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon Web Services are also providing their resources. On the proposal sides, also the PIs are coming in from the universities, they're coming in from the federal agencies and private citizens also. So the panel that is doing all of this matching is a multi-agency affair then too, correct? Yes, and not only multi-agency, but multi, I mean, commercial folks are also on there, some academic folks are there. So, um, yes, the review committee is pretty large, including uh, subject matter experts and uh, experts in the high-performance computing area. And for the agencies that will be getting, I guess, new clients, you could call them, it almost sounds like med school matching, would that work maybe delay or push back some of the work that the agencies would otherwise be doing on their own supercomputers? Uh, 
Possibly, but as we look at what we have to do, for example, for NASA, we may have to reprioritize the work a little bit, but it depends on how many outside proposals come in here. And is there a timeline for the decisions? We are trying to do the decisions in the matching process as quickly as possible. Okay, so the proposals come in, and within a day, we are uh, uh, doing the matching process. Then it's up to the provider to negotiate with the PI as to how they get on board. And we try to do the best matching that the the kind of resources required by the PI are the ones available at the provider's uh, organization. And once you've done that, then negotiations happen, the onboarding happens. But we're hoping that this first uh, projects will start working almost immediately because some of the proposals already have used the same machine, so it may be easy for them to get on there and then start having impact within a few weeks. Dr. Piyush Merotra is Division Chief of NASA Advanced Supercomputing. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to you. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Looking for holiday gifts for less? Come to Ross and say yeah to making your dollar stretch on name brand toys, clothes, and gifts. Get the gift of savings this holiday from Ross. Yes for less. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.